Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, the podcast where every week myself, Adrian, and Matt talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that if you want to get involved in our conversations, head on over to our Twitter page at But Why Though PC and uh, all other social media. You can find us with that same handle. Um, and if you'd like to support us a little more, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash PC. You get access to our research notes, exclusive episodes, and all of our episodes a day early. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of But Why the Podcast, and today we are talking about a 20-plus-year-old franchise and my favorite, Tomb Raider. It's a revisit episode. This was our very first episode of the podcast, and uh, as always, I'm your host, Kate. I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And we have a super special Lara Crofty guest, Lizzie. Hey, and my Lara Croft Barbie doll, which no one can see, but she is also here with us. She is. Yes. And your Funko is and the Funko. The she she's too short. She can't <laughs> ride the roller coaster. <laughs> um, so before we get started, Lizzie, why don't you tell people where they can find you and all of your work? Sure. I am on Twitter at, at Lizzie Lynn Garcia. It's Lizzie spelled with a Y because when I was in sixth grade, I didn't want to be Lizzie McGuire. So <laughs> I spelled it that way. Um, most of my writing and musings are also on the But Why the website and then also for uh, Sirens of the Squinchel and uh, Geeks Worldwide occasionally. She's a very busy woman. I am. <laughs> I try. So based on all that, why did we bring you here? Because you actually brought the Laura Cross Barbie doll. I just happened to own it. So <laughs> it's kind of a package deal, to be honest. Um, for <laughs> all seriousness, uh, for But Why Though, I have written a few times about Laura Croft. And I'm the go to editor for if anybody, Kate, writes about yes. Laura Croft as well. <laughs> um, so I think it's interesting because Kate and I both love Laura, but we love different Laras. Yeah, and different which things is, about Laura's. Which is why I'm here. Yep. This is going to be a balanced episode today. I'm really, I was about to say. Because if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I have feelings about what we're about to talk about. <laughs> you have feelings about everything. <laughs> yeah. that, really like, that, so doesn't, that doesn't yeah. narrow it down, my love. Yeah. <laughs> follow me on Twitter, I have feelings. <laughs> Psychiatrist everywhere, like, oh man, that's a client. <laughs> Anyway, as I'm being attacked right now, um, let's go into our first question of the day, um, which is, how many Lara Croft games have you played? And do you know what she's about? Like, do you know her? Do you know her story? What do you know about her? Um, I played a few of the games. I've beaten zero of the games. I played some of them back in the 90s, basically, when I would go over, like, friends or family and they had a PlayStation because I'd never owned a PlayStation made this decision a long time ago oh when God. I bought an N64. 
over a PlayStation. You bought it with your own money. Yes. I feel like you should look in the camera yes. when you attack me. <laughs> <laughs> and what do I know she's about? I know she's basically Indiana Jones, but a female. Yeah. Off of Matt's point, she is, uh, Indiana Jones did inspire who she is. And that's actually the reason why my mom bought me those first games. Uh, well, one of the reasons. Uh, if you've listened to episode one, you know that I am a lifelong Lara Croft fan. It is Tomb Raider 1 and 2 were my first games that I ever beat by myself um, unassisted. And my mom bought it because I loved Indiana Jones. And it was a strong female character. And Lara is the first female protagonist in a video game, with the exception of Samus Aran, who is not revealed to be a woman until the very end. Um, so it's a little iffy because she's wearing full um, androgynous armor throughout the entire game before it's revealed. Um, so yeah, I know a lot, probably more than a healthy amount. Um, and I've played every game with the exception of the mobiles, but I have played Guardian of Light. That's me, Adrian. So I've played the games like in early 2000s. I really can't tell you, like I had to like, go look at the list to see like which ones they were. Um, they were just like on my uncle's uh, PlayStation because I didn't buy a PlayStation either. Um, so they were just there, but I did play the two, the newest two games on the Xbox and I played those all the way through um, almost 100%, but then I just get bored and then I just never came, come back to it. And by the time like I almost got 100, the next game came out. So we'll see how it goes for the next one. <laughs> um, so like I know about Laura Croft. Like, I know more or less her backstory. And we also did like an almost three-hour episode about her. So I, I learned a whole lot there. And I like the movies. Well, some of the movies. Like the first one and like some of the second one. And the reboot was okay. <laughs> So she's about stuff. She 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 shoots stuff and stuff. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> and she raids tombs because you know name branding. Okay, Lizzie, help me be the subject matter ass expert here. All right. Um, in regards to the original games, I did not play them, but I watched my cousins play all of them except for the last one in her life cycle her OG life cycle. I didn't play the mobile ones because I am tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have played all of the reboots, so uh, Tomb Raider and then Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, I absolutely love the rebooted movie. I don't care what anyone says. I left that movie and I wanted to fight people. And my friend was like, you have fibro, please sit down. <laughs> but I, I literally, I left that movie and I was like, I am Lara Croft. Um, so I love Lara. I specifically love rebooted Lara, probably because those are the games that I physically sat down and played and didn't just watch playthroughs of, more or less. And then in regards to the Angelina Jolie movies, they're not my favorite, but they're also good fun. <laughs> the first one is. Yes. Great whole life so bad. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I didn't say anything about the movies, but I'm going to talk about I'm leading this episode, obviously, for reasons. Um, so you'll hear my thoughts about the movies as we go through, or specifically the reboot movie, because as a revisit episode, we are going to be covering 
all of Reboot Lara's story and what she has done and what, what specifically Lara has done and the Tomb Raider franchise has done in this time period. Uh, because we covered a lot of the original Lara Croft and that impact in the first episode. So this is all dedicated to the new series starting in 2013 to now. So that's all of what we're covering today. Um, you'll, if you don't know a lot about it, we're going to go into all of the little details. Um, so I want to go ahead and just start with the story. Um, I'm going to do it in twofold. So we'll do it for Tomb Raider, which was the first uh, the first of the reboot series that came out in 2013, and then Rise of the Tomb Raider. I'll do them both separately so they get their own time. Um, and then it actually really helps when you think about the storyline for uh, the movie. Uh, the reboot was launched in 2013 with Square Enix as publisher and Crystal Dynamics and now Eidos Montreal developing. Um, at the time, it was just Crystal Dynamics who was on it. Um, and it's actually been in the works since 2008. So after um, after Underworld comes out, that's when the company decides that the that they are going to reboot the series entirely. They didn't want to continue with more sequels. Um, and the goal was to change everything. And this was particularly due to a lot of the lackluster responses that the game was getting, and then some atrocities like Angel of Darkness, which is a terrible game. I love Lara Croft, but that game is terrible. Um, so it's not a soft reboot. They change her entire history, they change her entire look, and she has elements of what it was before, but you know, it, it, it's this weird thing, and I'd like to get your thought on it, Lizzie, as, as well, because it's a prequel, but not a prequel, because they've rebooted her entire history. But then all of the stuff is them saying she's getting to what we had in classic Laura. It's it's kind of, it almost feels like an Elseworld story. That's like the best way for me to put it. Like, like in theory, Batman has multiple origins. So it's like, eventually she will become Tomb Raider. Eventually Bruce becomes Batman, but the way he gets there might be slightly different. Um, especially in, like... There were parts in the movie and then also parts in even recent trailer and recent gameplay that's been seen where it's very clear that like she's getting to her origins. So I really like the idea that she's eventually going to that place. Um, and I think for modern audiences, you can't just start with a femme fatale anymore. You have to have a buildup of how she gets there. Otherwise, the character seems 2D, which isn't necessarily fair to original Lara, but I just think that is how modern audiences yeah. interpret things now. Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. Um, so going into the story of Tomb Raider 2013, um, Tomb Raider 2013 is set on Yamatai, an island from which Lara, who is untested and not yet the battle-hardened explorer that we know her to be, um, and she must save her friends and escape while being hunted down by a malevolent cult. Yamatai is a fictional lost island in the Dragon's tri Triangle off the coast of Japan. The island it's and the kingdom that once existed there is shrouded in mystery, given its reputation for fearsome storms and shipwrecks that litter the coastline. Yamatai was once ruled by queen by a queen named Himiko, known by her honorific title of the Sun Queen, who, according to legend, was blessed with shamanistic powers that enables her to control the weather. Very little is known about Yamatai's history in the time since Himiko's death, other than that the island's infamy was established shortly thereafter, you know, as in nobody can get to it because you're going to die in the Dragon's Triangle. Um, 
Uh, in exploring the island, the player um, the player may find that among others, there are Portuguese traders, United States Marines, and um, uh, Japanese military projects uh, from people who were all stranded at Yamantai at various points throughout the history. At the start of the game, the island is populated exclusively, exclusively by the Solari Brotherhood, i.e. the malevolent cult, um, who I have major issues with that we'll get into later. Uh, and it's a violent cult that was established by criminals, mercenaries, and shipwreck survivors. So essentially people who just inhabited the land who wound up there. The Solari Brotherhood was established, uh, established its own society based on the worship of Himiko, complete with a social structure, laws, and their exact purpose and intentions um, is what we go through for the entire story. So ultimately awakening Himiko and how that looks. Um, so they're your, they're your big bad. They're the people that you're running from constantly. They're the ones, they're the mobs that you fight um, with different pieces coming up throughout. Um, the player... We play as Laura, and she's an ambitious archaeology graduate, and she has theories about the location of the Lost Kingdom of, y of Yamatai, and, um, uh, sorry, uh, on the location of the Lost Kingdom of Yamatai, and she's convinced the Nishimura family, who are descendants from the people of Yamatai themselves, to fund an expedition to, in search of the kingdom. The expedition is left, led... Uh, Expedition is led by Dr. James Whitman, a celebrity archaeologist who has fallen on hard times and is desperate to avoid bankruptcy and is accompanied by Conrad Roth, a royal marine turned adventurer and close friend of the Croft family. And she's kind of Laura's mentor, mentor through this entire thing. You also have Sam Nishimura, who is Laura's friend and a representative for the family, who ends up documenting the entire expedition. You have Jocelyn Reyes, a skeptic and temperamental mechanic and single mother. She really reminds me of the mechanic from Lost City of Atlantis. She um, does. Right? <laughs> yeah. she Her does. last name might have also been Reyes. Um, I think you're right. Uh, then you have uh, Jonah Maiva, an imposing and placid fisherman who is willing to believe in the existence of paranormal and the esoteric. Um, and esoteric specifically means things between the lines, so like uh, mystical type things. You have Angus Grimaldi, who is a gruff um, Glaswegian helmsman on the Endurance, which is the ship that Laura takes to Yamatai. And then you have Alex Weiss, a uh, goofy and uh, bespectacled electronic specialist yes i took this from the wikipedia because it's been a while since i've played the game <laughs> so why didn't they just do um, this with the movie because the movie blends two pieces of it blends tomb raider and rise of the tomb raider yeah, in does. different ways and then they had to limit the cast interaction well they didn't have to but they limited the cast interaction to kind of put her in a different story and they had to do that entire intro with the bike stuff they probably could have done more of this stuff if they didn't do the entire intro i also think stuff. for the movie part of the reason you don't see any of the supporting cast is because they like in the game i didn't care about the supporting cast and i I feel like there are times where you're supposed to, but I was just like, all right, well, bye-bye. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure producers of the movie were like, if we can't make people care about these characters in less time that we have than a video game, then they probably don't need to be here. Yeah. And in like typical Laura fashion, like she goes with this giant group of people and then she's cut off from them entirely. And you like find them one by one in right. the game and reunite and have those things. And that's just not, it's easy. It's easier to do that with one person like they did in the movie than an entire cast but also none of them are useful yeah except for like jonah's one. kind of useful jonah's super useful and useful. then what is it roth yeah roth. Is useful. otherwise it's like 
you they just complain. Yeah, she's not. But wrong. this sounds a lot better than the whole bike scene that we got in the movie. Up for debate. I didn't dislike the bikes. You really hate the bike scene. I didn't like completely hate it, but I really didn't like it. Okay. Because I think he, you wanted just more Laura stuff and less. I didn't bike see the. Stuff. I didn't see the point of it. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what he said in the review. He like talked for like ten minutes about this in the review that we did of the movie. I just didn't see the point of it. It just. I think of, the, the point fine. was like she's rich, but she doesn't want to be, which is a weird point to make. But so I ride a, a bike weird. with a leaking paint hand. But I, I think it also like I think that the movie movie Laura comes in a little bit more competent than Laura in the game because they did that to showcase, hey, she's a fighter. Hey, yeah. she has endurance. Like it was kind of like setting up that like the transition from her regular life that she runs like daily into this life is pretty much like she has the endurance and some of the skills to actually get in there and do these things. No, I do think fair, but... I do think movie Lara is a bit more like street. Yeah. Like like movie Lara would is far more likely to get in a bar fight than video game. Yeah, booted Lara Croft like a hundred percent. Yep, like that girl just starts bar fights for fun, and I respect. <laughs> Have that. you seen her eight pack? I I respect. I would it. <laughs> like I would start bar fights for fun if I had that, those muscles. Seriously. Um. Yeah. So that's pretty much uh, a wrap of that of the true meter game and when we look at gameplay um this is one of the biggest things that changes in the reboot it isn't just her origin story that changes it's also how you play lara that changes so when it comes to gameplay first and foremost this game was treated as survival based with a world exploration component um with all of the tombs being optional you never once had to go into a tomb and do puzzles they were there in the background um and then you also had um a more openness of the world that that wanted you to explore it um and then on top of that you you had this terrible multiplayer um which is probably the biggest like critical ding that the game takes is putting time in the multiplayer and not putting more time into expanding the world. That was also at the point where every game had to have a multiplayer because yeah. for some reason studios and studio execs who know nothing about anything were like, listen, COD makes money because it's multiplayer. You have to put in multiplayer. And it's like, no one walks into a Tomb Raider game and is like, yeah, I really want to play with other people. You know Thanks, what they want? Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. That actually, yeah, that's more they, of Assassin's Creed. They crashed problem. and failed so hard that they brought down all the other single player games that had multiplayer components with them. It's like when the Chronicles of Riddick, like their third movie, sucked so hard, and then sequels after that weren't nearly as bad. Because all this <laughs> all of the suckage was in that movie. Adrian's about to start a fight. That's fine. Are I've you? seen Lara Croft. I'll I'll fight. <laughs> First of all. Why you gotta bring my man Vinny Diesel into any of this conversation? <laughs> Listen, you know I like him in Fast and Furious. And I didn't even bring it up. Just so we're <laughs> clear, listeners. I forgot that movie existed. Don't you, don't you bad mouth. Don't you bad mouth, Riddick. You're welcome. <laughs> Take that somewhere else. <laughs> All right, listeners, it's been really fun. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Um, and we'll get into it a little bit when we start talking about the critical receptions of the game. But like, since I like just bring it up, like that was always my biggest problem with the game is like 
all of the time you put into multiplayer could have been put into making this necessary tombs for you to go through. I literally don't play multiplayer. Them, you I could have just it. stumbled through them. Oh, yeah. I played it for a solid five hours and I was like, no. Because, so like, I get, You can't get me, that time back, Kate. I know I can't, but there was <laughs> there is something in me that said I'm going to make myself love this way this game. It's like people who went to go see The Last Jedi eight times. Like, God, we're just... We're, we're just, throwing hot takes. That is so accurate. Just hurting everybody today. <laughs> Nobody is safe. I'll cut, I'll cut that out. Um, I, <laughs> you do not need to cut that out. It's probably the part of the whole Leave episode. That. That. You stand by it. You stand by your beliefs, Kate. <laughs> like, I just desperately wanted to like this movie. Or, fuck. This game. <laughs> this game. I did watch I Last Jedi. I wanted to like The Last Jedi. I wow. did. I watched it a second time because I tried to like it. Um. Anyway. Uh, okay. So, like, I played through the game four different times thinking that I had missed tombs, but there were all of, like, maybe seven that were, like, in tiny little holes that if you explored the world, you could find and go to. But you were never once forced into a position to really live out, like, to really get the gameplay that, the mechanics. So not even, like, how Laura looks or the story. It's the mechanics of the game that I fell in love with. It's, like, platforming and puzzles and tombs. And that's something you don't really get here or the danger of, like, the traps and working around them and that type of stuff you do in a different way because it's a different type of story. Um, but what this brings into the Tomb Raider franchise, which I really like from this point on too, because it gets better in Rise um, and from the pieces that I've played in Shadow, it, it's also really good is the crafting element as well as um, some RPG mechanics that get added. Um, and so do you like those RPG mechanics? Because they've done it with quite a few games, including Assassin's Creed. And while I find them cool, sometimes I find them totally unnecessary. So I think it's necessary in 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 this series. And I'll tell you why. Because you're building Lara from the ground up, starting in this game. And when you hit a Rise of the Tomb Raider, you can pick between three different skill trees, essentially. And you're building Lara how you want to play. Is she a brawler? Is she a hunter? Is she... Um, I forgot what the other one is but there's three essentially classes and that the other one's us. literally crafting okay is it oh survivor survivor it's like survivor. survivalist or something like that yeah yeah and so like those are the areas that you choose and it, it goes with your play style and i appreciate that because i chose brawler because it was a lot harder <laughs> like i just got up in there um but like it changed the play style in a way that i appreciated because you actually had to like the spending points aspect meant that you had to put thought into what you were doing and like even though you didn't have that skill tree stuff really mapped out in Tomb Raider, um, the, the crafting pieces made it feel, it, it brought the survival elements of the game into it. And then in Rise, I think they accelerated on adding more RPG elements to the game that really just helped it kind of get into its own while also adding levels of play to it. Because for me, like the it was too easy of a game. Um, but that's just from my standpoint, because um, there are a lot of people who really love the open world exploration, which is what this Tomb Raider brings to it. Um, I mean, it I'm definitely, cool. like, in regards to open world games, I tend to be a completionist. And I've, I've 100%ed both of those Tomb Raider games. I don't have the platinum because I don't care about multiplayer. But... <laughs> Like, to me, it's like, no, this is a single-player game. I have the Platinum. Like, don't at me. Yeah. But I – so, I mean, I'm fine with that. I also I also agree with you in regards to those mechanics. Like, not 
both of these Laura stories, like she comes, the first one, especially she comes and she is not prepared for any of this. The second one, she's like, well, I brought a jacket this time, but she <laughs> still somehow wrong. manages to be completely unprepared. Like Laura Croft is very smart, but she is the opposite of Batman. She is prepared for nothing. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, Girl, bring some MREs next time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, so as we go into Rise of the Tomb Raider, um, from this point, um, let me go ahead and give you the story as I did, uh, with- Before we do that, I do want to say that this game was really safe. Yeah. Like, Tomb Raider was a safe game, which I think they moved away from a lot of the, the platforming elements and things of that nature because it had been done so much- in previous games and in other franchises that had also died that square was probably just like, no start, start square one, figure out new contact. Um, and they figured out what was selling at that point, which was action adventure kind of hide and shoot type game, which is why that's in there. Um, I also think it's important to note that the director of Tomb Raider, who didn't direct the rise or the next one, um, Corey Barog, he started at Sony Santa Monica. So he did the God of War series, which kind of petered out the same way that Tomb Raider did, rebooted Tomb Raider successfully, and then went on to reboot God of War again. Um, So there's something to be said about just characters coming back differently, where it's not that their previous iterations aren't valid. It's just that studios are like, studios are smarter even than Hollywood sometimes where it's like, no, you have to find out completely start from the ground, completely figure out what is happening right now. And what we'll see from like critic stuff or from like critical receptions of both of these games is they kind of have inverse reactions. So Tomb Raider is lauded for its story because it brought, it was no longer just an objective base, hit this point, hit this point, hit this point, solve this puzzle, which I appreciate. And that's one thing that was critically acclaimed for, but the gameplay mechs were the piece that it fell really short on and then you go to rise and as i go through the story um you'll and this one's a little bit longer because you can kind of see how it maps out um their critique was this story is super safe but you when you actually brought in a lot of different gameplay mechanics and so you end up having like these different pieces to it but i do agree to you to i agree with you to an extent in the being safe and i think specifically to what you said about how um platforming had just petered out yeah. And so they were like, we're going to do a game that is super easily accessible to everybody because we're going to reboot this franchise and make a lot of money off of it. And so they took out a lot of the harder elements, in, in my opinion, to bring in a wider audience and For so sure. it safer. It makes it makes it more mainstream because when, so you have, casuals. when you have casuals, when you. Oh, wait, no, um, whenever you, you uh, broke her with that comment. well that's about the time when we have the whole thing with casuals and games so because it's about 2013 this is a whole nother conversation i know lizzie continue the only casuals in gaming are cod players (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) i'll say that till i die um (laughs) people call me casual all the time but i don't even know what i was saying um no in regards to the gameplay it is easier than previous Tomb Raiders. Because I remember picking up a controller as a child and like I remember crying to my mom and my mom was like, I don't know. I can't help you. (laughs) Please, any other question, child. She had no idea. So I I do agree that 
they took out kind of some of the harder mechanics. And I'm very opposite from you because I play a game on easy because I didn't pay $60 to lose. And I played a game on hard because I, I did not pay $60 <laughs> to finish a game in six hours. <laughs> Again, this is why this is a balanced episode. <laughs> it's true. Very, very balanced takes. I like it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so getting into Rise of the Tomb Raider, um, one year, it, it is set one year after the events of Tomb Raider, and Lara is struggling to explain her experience of the supernatural in Yamatai and is experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder. Looking for answers, she turns to her late father's research on the lost city of Kit, uh, Kitas. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Um, it's not important. Okay. Yeah, just like the whole story. Yeah. And the promise of immortality. I didn't um, say that much. Hot take over here. We all got to take a turn on the hot take train. <laughs> um, uh, so his partner, Anna, attempts to warn her that his, ascent, uh, that his obsession with the mythical city drove him to ruin and suicide. Lara ignores her and organizes an expedition to Syria, hoping to uncover the tomb of the prophet of Constantinople, who is a king figure in that area's legend. The tomb is empty and Laura is interrupted by Trinity, an ancient order of knights turned paramilitary organization, as one does, investigating the supernatural and their leader, Constantine. As she flees, Laura discovers a symbol etched in the tomb, which she um, which she then links to a book on Russian religious history in her father's study at the Croft Manor. A Trinity assassin infiltrates the manor and steals the book. Another scene I have a very big problem with that we'll get into later. Um, uh, yeah, from uh, prompting Laura and her friend Jonah to go to Siberia. They I think that Jonah is the only one who comes back. I my mean, dude, my man Jonah. After all the stuff she went through, <laughs> the, everybody else is like, "I, you're a lot of baggage." And Jonah's like, "Yeah, I'll come." Yeah, gotta <laughs> love Jonah. Gotta I'm a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, something, something rugby. <laughs> Not wrong. Um, so they end up getting separated by an avalanche while climbing in a mountain, and Laura is first to continue alone. And that avalanche timing, because it, it is a cutscene that you press buttons to, it's actually fairly difficult, um, which was kind of the first sign. I was like, oh, this game is actually going to be like, it, this is, okay, it's it's more what I'm looking for. Um, so if I have the option to turn off quick time events, I do. Oh, my fingers oh. don't like them. If Quick I have time to, events are dumb. No, if they're I have not. To, no, but if Where's I have to time? keep pressing a button, oh, like yeah. in Spider-Man, you have to keep pressing uh, yeah. square. So I went in the options and I turned it off because my thumb started hurting. And I was like, I don't have time for joint pain right now. <laughs> I only have three days to beat this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, Adrian, it's, do you hate it's, Telltale games then? I, I hate games. But like, all Telltale like, games are. Like, like, just pressing the button over and over again is just dumb. Like, that's not skill. That's just how fast you can well, press the button. Well, see, the difference is, is that in the avalanche, the mechanic, the quick time play actually changes the button each time you die. So it, you're not repressing the exact same one, and you're not pressing yeah, it repeatedly. I didn't die, so. I don't What's remember, dying? but I die all the time <laughs> in those games. Um, my nickname in games is usually Fumbles. <laughs> so I'm actually one of the people that, and it's probably because I'm a horror person that enjoys Lara's death scenes, and it's something Ooh. that it's, she's been known of, known, known about since the yeah, very beginning yeah. of the game. Um, so I kind you of you should see someone sometimes. Just kidding. <laughs> 
Horror friends, come on, please. Um, okay, so Laura discovers that Anna is dying. Wait, where did Anna's I go? Anna's dying? Yeah. Okay, so she discovers that Trinity has made a Soviet-era mine a base of their operations in their search for Kitaz. Laura is caught trying to retrieve the book and is imprisoned with Anna. And then you have the dun-dun-dun moment that Anna actually is a Trinity spy who manipulated her father. And so she and Constantine interrogate Laura about the divine source, which is essentially this artifact artifact that is believed to bestow immortality. Laura then escapes with the help of Jacob, who is this random ass stranger who's just like, I'll help this woman, who leads her through the mines after she agrees to aid him against Trinity. Jacob is revealed as the leader of the remnant, which are the descendants of the prophet's followers, and she warns, and he warns her that the divine source is not what she expects it to be. Laura discovers that Anna is dying, and that's the reason why Anna is seeking the divine source for herself. And then Jacob and Laura decide that the only way to protect that source is to retrieve it before Trinity can. Laura discovers the Atlas, another artifact. There's just like a whole bunch of artifacts in this game, which I greatly appreciate, but it makes the story extremely convoluted, and you get a little bit of going back to like objective 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 now main story plot um which is fine for what this game does um so essentially um i'm just gonna kind of speed through it she ends up meeting the deathless ones which are these the city of the immortals guardians and she reads uh, she ends up reading these journals that were written by a trinity agent and then she realizes the truth of jacob's warning the divine source bestows immortality at the cost of oneself um, which is what the deathless ones are and then the remnant attack the Deathless Ones, giving Lara time to reach the heart of the city. She meets Constantine, who is blocking the path and critically wounds him. But before he dies, you get the big revelation that Lara's dad did not actually commit suicide, but he was, in fact, murdered by Trinity. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Never saw that coming. Lara... You didn't die on an island? <laughs> or fake die on an island? And then real die? Yeah. Real die. After, like, 30 minutes of, like, hey, I'm not dead? Laura is too late to prevent Anna from retrieving the divine source, but Anna is overwhelmed by its power and Laura destroys it. The deathless ones perish and Jacob's immortality is lost, but he's actually really happy that he's able to die. Um, Jacob's daughter, Sophia, ends up- So before we stop this, come and cut you off. So if we had a choice to where we have something from immortality, who's chasing it down? What do you mean? Are you going like, to be Anna? To make myself immortal? Yes. Or, like, stop somebody from getting it. I'm really tired. I don't want to do this forever. Like, I don't want to be immortal. That sounds exhausting. I mean, am I dying? Because if I'm already dying, then I'm not going to make myself immortal. Because I'm just going to assume that I have all the pain with me. Because it doesn't say that it's going to heal you. Oh, or that's true. I'm just going to be constantly in my dying state. So, no. Okay. Are you? Why not? You want to live for being immortal? Do you really want to live forever? You... you so long as it makes me perfectly healthy and 100% that I can, like, maybe... That's true. I'll do a lot to be healthy. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind immortality. But then I feel like eventually you end up like Jacob and is like, I'm just fucking happy. I'm dying now. But I feel like I would get so tired of watching people around me also die. Just See, that's sad. the thing. Like, I just don't know that I'd have to worry about that. <laughs> Not wrong. Wow. Not wrong. Just Damien Darkett. You'll be fine. You wouldn't want to see what happens in 2100? Oh, no, I definitely do. But if you give me a time machine or immortality, I'll take a time machine. I'm not going to science geek on you. It's good. 
Because if you take a time machine and you go to the future, you'll immediately die because you're not used to those germs. And if you go back in time, you'll kill everybody else because they're not used to your germs. <gasps> oh, but if I could kill everybody, I can then become the conqueror. Oh boy, no time machine for Kate. <laughs> that took a turn. No, that's like, why you just take, you know, you just take medicine when you go back. You'll be good. Like, you are biological warfare. Listen, as someone who takes a lot of medicine, I'm going to be honest with you, that is not the answer. You take some hand sanitizer, you'll be fine. <laughs> right. That's how it works. I'm not a witch. I have hand sanitizer, Middle Ages. Exactly. That's how that works. I'm not a witch. I can just feed. <laughs> I mean, that's why you just take the, like, Vandal Savage route and, like, just, like, live forever and then just, like, eventually just slowly conquer everything. That's, and, and is that's what I would do. Oh, my God. Anna's okay, problem sorry. is that she just tries to grab it and then, like, take it immediately. Who are my friends? I need to reconsider everything in my life. Okay. You don't like Riddick. That's, that's, so that's what we're <laughs> So we were never friends. Is that what you're <laughs> Give us the line, Vin Diesel and his wife, the streets. So I think we're okay. Yeah. You get a pass this time. And if you'd like to hear that, it's on our Steve Ditko episode, which Steve also guessed. I don't understand how either one of those go with any reference of what we're talking about. Okay, I, we, we got there somehow. Anyway, so Jacob's daughters, Sophia, ends up leading the remnant, and Jonah recovers from the wounds that he received fighting, and Laura just Laura just starts planning her next expedition like immediately after this um and Laura vows to investigate more of the world's mysteries um all in an effort to thwart Trinity's plans before they happen and this is where you see her really growing into that Tomb Raider aspect that we're that we expect and we're ready for in the post credit scene two weeks before Laura and Jonah leave Siberia Laura asks Anna if she killed her father Anna denies it admitting that Trinity gave her the order she is then killed by a sniper who Asks his unseen superior about killing Laura, and then Laura is ordered to stand down, and that wait is, is Laura and is ordered to stand down, or is he ordered to stand down? Huh? He's the ordered story. to stand down oh, from you. killing Laura. Okay. Um. Yeah, and that's essentially the story. It's really straightforward, and all of the twists are pretty expected, <laughs> with the exception of the cutscene, in my opinion. Yeah, the I mean, cutscene. You mean? Yeah, yeah, like, that's just, like the only thing, and even then, like it's kind of like tropey, right? Like that's why I like the the story in the other one better. Like when you said that, like people like the gameplay in this one, but the story in the other one is exactly how I feel about these two games. So I'm just hoping Shadows of the Tomb Raider just builds them both together, and then the gameplay and the story is there. Because I thought oh, the story was just there. like we we get in there, Adrian. Convoluted and like tropey and. I don't know how many times you said like dun 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 or and then we find out like I come on <laughs> or like just like over the over the thing like it's like come on. But did anybody play the DLC for Rise? No, so yes. I haven't played any of them. I did. So um, let me for those listening, uh, it has four. DLCs. You have Baba Yaga, The Temple of the Witch, Cold Darkness Awakened, and then Blood Ties, which is essentially communist zombies. And then Laura's Nightmare, which is like Laura, or Laura, but zombie mode. Um, and now Lizzie can go into those um, uh, Baba Yaga, I accidentally, because I had, because I play it on PS4. So the edition I had came with DLC, like kind of like a game of the year edition. Um, and so I didn't know I was going into DLC when I went to do Baba Yaga. And I was like, this is weird. What does this have to do with Trinity? And then I realized it was DLC. And that was like the stupidest, hardest boss fight. And I mean, take that with a great assault because I'm bad at video games despite continuing to play them. But 
it was it was kind of a fun twist because it was like a Russian witch per se. But then at the end of it, it was like just some lady with hallucinogens, and I was like, no, go all out, like have this be a supernatural witch. Yeah, that's exactly how I also felt at the end of the Tomb Raider movie. I was like, y'all just got to own your supernatural. Like, if you want to mm. call CIA cover up and be like, no, it was a weird biological weapon, that's fine. But no, don't you just just dive into it. Believe in yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually really liked the Blood Ties one, which is where you go around Croft Manor and that one had so many fun Easter eggs, which my favorite one is Laura finds things from her childhood. And one of the things she finds is a letter that her like butler wrote to her dad where she was like, and the butler literally says, he's like, Laura is incredibly smart. Today she locked me in the freezer. That is so good. And I was like, yes, I did lock you in the freezer. I'm not sorry. Yeah. I locked him in the freezer many a times. She was creepy. And he would just go, oh. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so that one. I feel like Blood Taze was really fun because it had. Um, it's almost similar to what Arkham Riddler trophies are for me. Like everybody gives me shit because they're like, "Why do you love the Riddler missions?" And I'm like, "Because it's Batman lore. Like yeah. that entire DLC was Tomb Raider lore. Yeah. Like and there that's was a lot of that I need to go back and do. You might enjoy that. It's not combat really at all." It's mostly just you walk through and have Tomb Raider lore. So it's a very chill DLC. I guess the thing is, uh, how much did that DLC cost? I have no idea. It was that's, included that's in the That's the game. problem with some of the other ones. Is if like, it was oh, more wanna... than like $10, it's probably not worth it. <laughs> like I said, it's probably one of those people are like, oh, I got to pay $10 to find out some lore or do some little trophies. I mean, you can probably just watch a playthrough. Might be better off. <laughs> Um, I am really happy to hear that, though. And I think that that really sets up um, when we start talking about um, specifically, uh, what do you call it, um, of Shadow, um, which I got to play 45 minutes of, and I can't wait to play it on Saturday when I get my game. Um, So one of the cool things that I found out is there was a lot done. There was a lot put into this story. Um, specifically the, one of the game's main intentions was to craft a more personal experience for players and the team wanted to explore the journey in which Lara becomes the Tomb Raider. And this is kind of when you get them talking more and more about her meeting, like meeting in the middle where the original Tomb Raider starts. Um, she becomes determined to uncover more myths and convinces, uh, in order to convince the world that they're real, which is why you have her immediately planning something right off the bat, because they want to establish that, like, Lara is in it now. Lara is in this world, and she's going to stay in it. Um, they wanted to make her more experienced and competent, but still vulnerable um, to make it appealing to players. Essentially, they just try to find this nice balance. And they hope that the story, in the story, players could see Laura's character's progression. And they wanted to indicate that she had this hunger for knowledge, as well as adjusting a more a collectible system and um, having them learn, learn new languages, unlocking new content and upgrades. Um, the story itself was, a lot of the game was inspired by different movies. Um, I forgot her name, the, the woman who wrote this game, but specifically um, Rambo 2 is directly the reason why they have the stealth mechanic. Mechanic Terminator 2 Sarah Connor is the reason that Laura has like this truth that she bears that nobody believes. The Edge and the Grey um, were used as templates for the wolf fighting scenes. Hannah and the Descent were used for weapon play. So Hannah greatly influenced Bose 
And pickaxes were influenced by The Descent, which makes me happy as a horror fan with The Descent as one of my number one favorite horror movies of all time. Um, Hannah, Alien, is that, it's the Soviet movie, right? I is think so. Soviet She's movie? like a young assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rihanna Pratchett is her name. Okay. Um, and then uh, AVP, Alien vs. Predator, and Day After Tomorrow influenced the Tundra Siberian setting. Um Take that what you will with those two movies. So I definitely Arkham that did stealth mechanics. No, they they credit Rambo <laughs> too. However, when we get to that section, we'll talk about people bring its its highly similar gameplay with Batman Arkham <laughs> and Assassin's Creed. Listen, I love both of those games. I don't even care. <laughs> like I don't. That's that was the thing I said when people are saying every other game is Batman Arkham, and I'm like, yeah, but you liked Batman Arkham, and you would play more of that. So why are you mad? I mean, that's I mean a you're valid not wrong. point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so getting into gameplay a little bit. Um, the gameplay here it leans fully into RPG mechanics where you spec lore. I already talked about that a lot. Um, you have a stealth mechanic, which I thought was pretty damn janky. Um, I don't like good. it that much. It is just, it's really forced. It's really hard to use. And the area of effect for the stealth, they don't like, I kind of appreciate the ability of the game to introduce new things and not really walking you through every piece of it. But when you have something that's integral to the gameplay, likes a stealth mode, you need to take time to one, develop it to where it's not janky if it's your main mechanic and you actually have a build for her where she does that. And then two, you need to take time to walk people through it so they can understand. So one, more. is this a janky thing or is this a you thing? Because I've seen you play a stealth it's, game. It's kind of janky. No, it's janky. It reminds me of Wolfenstein stealth. Yeah. Where it's like, this game is not built for stealth. Why? Exactly. Exactly. Why are you making me stealth? Exactly. And I yeah. play a lot of stealth games. I when I play Batman, I'm I'm Batman. I don't want to be seen. When I play Dishonored, I will restart wherever I am if I'm not in Ghost, which is where if I've if someone has seen me, I will restart. So it's 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 a little jank. Oh, you're lucky this time. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, janky and it's like counterintuitive to like the gameplay stuff. If, if I don't want to be sneaky Laura, don't let me, don't make me be sneaky Laura. Like, let me don't give somebody me a grenade launcher. launcher right? And then tell exactly. Me and, and that's one of, so that's also one of like the things that I don't like about how they introduce the skills is they have you do everything and then they're like, okay, now pick your things. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. it's like, but I just played as doing everything. Why sure, do I have to play pick Bolton one sign. now? The, the Far Cry 5 stealth is kind of like that too. It's similar if anybody's played that. Where it's like you you can be stealthy for like two enemies and then they realize. And then it's like, okay, balls of the wall we go. Yep. Those are two less enemies you have to worry about. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, the cool thing is that they did bring in a lot more puzzles that you had to go through now. Um, and they were, uh, all of it, all of the puzzles were based on in-game physics. And they often connected into larger puzzles. And you did have more, you had more tombs and you had more of that, um, the aspect that I liked from it. Are you going to talk about that one time I got stuck on one? Yeah. So Kate yeah. was yelling how much she was stuck on it. And you kept yelling at me and yelling at me. And I finally walked over there. And I was like, oh, you have to set this on fire like this. And we were done. No, but it was because. <laughs> so here's the thing. I really <laughs> got <laughs> I refused to mute survivor mode. Because survivor mode in this game makes it so easy to solve all the puzzles. Because it lasts like for so freaking long. And it maps everything out for you. Um. So I try not to do that. To be fair, I played the entire Arkham game in the Batman mode, and I forgot that the game was not just blue and white. I hate that. 
I can't do that. It hurts my head. That's like uh, in The Witcher. You, I turned off Witcher, the Witcher vision, the thing, because it makes yeah. a fisheye to where you're supposed to go. I turned it off because I was like, this is giving me a headache. If I, I, I stay, if I stay in detective mode too long, I'm like, Batman's got migraines. Batman's got, <laughs> Batman's gonna go. Well, that was the funny thing. I stayed in detective mode so long that I couldn't play the game the other way. Because I like I would turn off like I can't see anything. Like can we get some lights on yeah. or something? And, so, like, and the survivor vision in in Tomb Raider is everything grays out, and then all of the pieces that you need Are to use light yellow. up yellow, like a yellow orange. You mean like and Assassin's so Creed? Easy. Yes. Um, but like yeah. eagle eye vision. Is it eagle vision? Yeah. Eagle yes. vision. Yeah. Um, so that that's that that's something that ends up happening. Um, but I do like the difficulty of the puzzles in this one. There isn't a lot of platforming aspects to it, which is still rough for me. Um, but the puzzle additions and the tomb additions made it a more well-rounded Tomb Raider game, in my opinion. Um, and I like this one more than the first one. I like her. She has more like traversal gadgets. Yeah, that I liked. Like I liked her little wire that she could swing oh, yeah. with. I loved that wire. I use that whenever I started falling because that happens a lot. <laughs> like Batman. Like Batman. Where I just yeah. but Batman at least has a cape, so for some reason he's like, no, I don't take fall damage. I hope all the listeners get to hear my great sound effects. <laughs> um so kind of going to a little bit of background before we jump into the butt wives for today. Um I'm gonna like we're like an hour. I know like I'm, I'm gonna be cutting down a lot of this. Um but uh but they'll release on Patreon. So Lizzie, you can listen to it. Oh great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so a little bit of background um, information from episode one, if you haven't listened to it, there were three main components to why I saw her, uh, to why she is really revolutionary, and she's pretty much a feminist icon, but she's grounded in riot girl feminism, um, which is very different than what we have today, because feminism is not a static thing. It changes with the culture, like most things. Oh, don't bring up that episode. Don't bring up that episode. The, the Flash episode, it's terrible. Um, and then, but the other problem was her being too sexualized. Um, and the reason I keep harping on mechanics is because Tomb Raider as a series revolutionized 3D platforming and revolutionized platforming and puzzle games as a whole. Specifically as something that you could be immersed in. It wasn't just a side-scroller. Um, so that that's why the mechanics for me have always been like one of the cores of what the game has been. Um, so that leads us to what has happened today. Why are we talking about this? Why are we revisiting it? Um, so specifically when you look at like some critiques of the games, um, it's too much like Uncharted, too much like Assassin's Creed, too much like Arkham. Like it is very much uh, a piece of the gaming culture that we have now, um, which as Lizzie said, you liked those things. See, the, people only make... I mean, I guess they also do it for movies, but people really only make these comments about games. Because if I walk into an action movie, I don't sit here and complain, oh, that was too much like this other action movie I've seen. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. And so, I, when you I mean, walk in, so when you walk into Riddick, what were you thinking? I was thinking this could be better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking in this game because it removed all of the mechanics that the other game <laughs> This this had more potential and they squandered it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, and so like I understand both from Lizzie's perspective and then I also see it from the other side is like when I went into it, I didn't expect those things. I expected a Tomb Raider game. Right. Um, from the mechanics standpoint, which is why I, I do think that critique is valid to a point. 
Um, whereas if you're knocking the good things that the game did, that this other game did just to knock it because it's similar versus these are just different mechanics than two murder games have had. Um, those are two different arguments. But I also, also feel like, like in regards to gameplay mechanics, people, I mean, every game is going to probably use triggers for shooting because nine yeah. times out of 10, your controller, whatever game you pick up is pretty much the same. And if it's not the same, you can map it. Yep. Which I've done many times. Um, but so I don't always understand. I, I get it, but I don't get it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I always say this about Uncharted and people get annoyed with me, but Uncharted is a great oh. game, but that gameplay is terrible. Yeah. That gameplay is garbage because the story is great, which is fine. So I, I people get upset about weird things and they let a lot of things go depending on the studio. Because depending on the – if it's a Bethesda game, people are going to be like, this is the best thing in the world. We love yes, it. We've never right. seen anything more beautiful, I'm and I love Bethesda. But at the same time, y'all got to stop nitpicking. I'm really scared when Matt agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, he's saying that because he's a Bethesda. He, he loves Bethesda. <laughs> okay. Bethesda. <laughs> I thought that was like a, yes, we agree. Let me tell you about my evil plan. In which no, you are it going was like, to yes, agree with. I agree. Everything you're saying is not hyperbolic and is correct. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I agree with the Sims because, like, with Kate's point, which I say all the time, I don't, these games all came out in the 90s. I don't care about your 1990s platformer 2D thing anymore. Well, but that's the thing. This wasn't a 2D platformer, it wasn't a slide scrolling platformer, and it led the way to actually have more 3D platformers. Right, well, Banzo and Kazooie is also not around anymore, really. So. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't care about Banzo and Kazooie anymore. Well, then you're cool. going to hate Shadow of the Tomb Raider because there's a fuck ton of platforming in it. I'm actually really excited. Well, I know. I'm just saying, in general, though, like, a like, lot of these points of like coming up, like, a lot of people don't care about a lot of this stuff anymore. It's but just, I also oh, think it's, it's fun, game, but it's though, not. Is like, but for me, the same way that you bring up dumbing down MMOs, that's what this felt like to me. Because the for, the original games, the platforming aspects, the puzzles and the tombs are what made that game like really hard to play through. And mm -hmm. it took multiple times to get through areas because you had uh, you had exploration. Um, you had an exploration component in finding all of the treasures and the um, they were like little like CD-ROM type things um, <laughs> to like learn out different pieces of lore and different pieces of Lara's story. So that was an aspect, but the other aspect was just making it to the next level because it was it was really hard and they got progressively harder. And for me, it plays as one game, like or not one game, but like one. Nothing is too hard. Um, it's just all one. This is all you do. Nothing well, I mean, gets you just have harder. to look at the time frame of this between Uncharted. Batman, yeah, I know. And I agree with that. Gaming companies that's... are probably even somewhat worse, as you were talking about with Hollywood. If they see something working, they are going to yeah, do that. Yeah, no, no. They're and not gonna, I, like, they're Lizzie not made those points. Yeah. And I, I, I do agree with They that. are like, way is, more advanced at doing that. Like, they had a reason to do this. Yeah. And what I mean, going back to it in a lot of not that it's necessarily a safe, safe game, but the gameplay mechanics on that first game are real safe. Yeah. There's a commercial reason for that. Yeah. And then that's how come they stepped it up in the second game, because they actually did get that critique from a lot of Tomb Raider or at least um, classic Tomb Raider fans, because I want to make the distinction because like, it doesn't like you are no less valid if you just like this um, and vice versa. And right. You're being a dick about it. Um, in which case, I don't want to talk to you. In which case, um, you're not valid at all. You exactly. should leave. <laughs> How did you find my Twitter? We have a shirt for that. Love the thing. Don't leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, that's pretty much where the critiques come from. The other critique 
uh, is too much killing, which there are two sides to this. So feminist frequencies actually had a post go out saying that there was too much killing and the original Lara Croft didn't kill that many humans. And I just want to watch the pretty scenery. And it made me very mad because I'm like, there's too much killing. Yeah. See, that seems sexist to me because nobody walks into spec off the line and is like, man, I really wish I could just look at the pretty scenery. Yeah. Technically Batman doesn't kill anybody. That's Batman's got loopholes. <laughs> Electricity killed Batman. Batman <laughs> fell off the roof. That was gravity. That's not Batman. As long as you press Y, you just knocked him out, even if you threw him <laughs> off the building. Literally. Or well, when so he- that, I think Kevin Conroy said that there was uh it, it was like uh kind of like the comics code, anything in animation, if somebody fell out a helicopter, they had to make a final uh so that you can know they were alive off camera in the original Batman series. That's that. That's a whole nother episode. Yeah, that series. I'm not because I'm I'm not going to start on a tangent about how great things that were decided there was. But yeah, no, that's ridiculous to say that she kills too much. Also, yep. nine times out of ten, all the kills she's doing is literally to survive. Yes. If I don't kill this man, he will kill me. What do you want me to do? Sit here and be killed? Turn yep. the no. other cheek. Listen. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Lara Croft, not Jesus. And don't be We're finding a different prophet, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so the valid critique that kind of, um, and and, yeah, I'm sorry. It's not a valid critique. It's stupid. You go into an an action adventure game, you're going to kill people. Get over it. Um, That's what the setting is. And Laura kills a lot of things. Yeah, they may not have been human, but she still shot some people up or shot some things up. She shot a T-Rex. And I'm pretty sure... That is worth way more than any of the men I have killed in Rise of the Tomb Raider or Tomb Raider. Because that T-Rex probably has answers to a lot of questions in (laughs) paleontology. And Lara was just like, all right, riddle this thing with bullets. Yep. Um, So the, the genuine critique to come out of here is specifically the detachment from the combat play to the story so in the story you have laura who is i don't want to say incapable but she's not ready she's somebody who is like fresh out of grad school um going into an uncharted land oh god i just said uncharted um going into yamatai um not knowing how to do anything and then all of a sudden she just becomes a killing machine um and so i can at least understand that critique in that there is a disconnect between the story where Lara is at in the story and then what the story asks you to do. She took a lot of really interesting electives in college. Okay. <laughs> Listen, which I think goes to the point of why the bike scene is kind of necessary. It didn't need to be 15 minutes long. And so that's kind of the routine that comes out of that. Um, the other one we already talked extensively about is the shitty multiplayer. Um, the other critique of this game uh, is that the story is very, very rapey. Um, there are like multiple instances where there feels like there's almost going to be a sexual assault that's going to happen. Or are you talking about one or two? Play. So in two, you have that instance when they break into the thing, into the okay. house and throw her on the table. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. And then in one, you have the Solari Brotherhood pretty much like talking I've... in the background and almost yeah. every scene they're in, it is extremely cringy dialogue. Yeah. And it's like, like the, it's... For me, it seemed like the main piece of the game is her versus people, but mostly her versus her environment. Whereas there were many times in that first Tomb Raider game listening to the dialogue from the Solari Brotherhood where I was like, oh no, my big threat is being like sexually assaulted. 
Um, and it was too much. Um, what do you expect from a uh, crime lord, people who live on a deserted No, island? I expect better. Yeah. I get that <laughs> when I walk down the street. I don't need it in a video game. Yeah. Like, this is... it was ham-fisted, essentially. Like, yeah. they just put it on everything. Like, could you have used it as a device that wasn't as, like, every situation as her being threatened this way? When you have, she like, you have an entire environment to play with that did not have to be your default background dialogue the entire time. And they were I also think they could have done a, a an aspect of where it's it's not that we want to sexually assault Laura. It's like we need to kill this girl because if she gets off this island and tells what's up, we're gonna have issues and exactly. she's capable. It's okay when you play Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which you can play as Evie, and I and unless they make me play as Jacob, bless his little heart, I'm only playing as Evie. And despite the fact that game takes place in Victorian London, you are never catcalled. You're never spoken to in any inappropriate sexual way and you're never called a bitch or anything of that nature even when you're playing as Evie and I think it's such an important decision because when playing that game I'm not taken out of my element I can stay in this game sometimes when you're playing Tomb Raider especially if you have a history with any of these triggering elements you get taken out and you have to put it down for your own mental health. And yeah. I should never have to put a game down for my own mental health. And I'm literally I, playing this for my own mental yeah. health. And I think to kind of Lizzie's point to kind of contextualize it for you as well, Matt, like within the game itself, when you look at this, there are there are other angles to take in in the fight in the combat and in the background dialogue but then for me the main problem is that and this is and the company uh, or the the devs had actually put out we want to make her as weak as possible and we want people to feel like they need to protect her and so they made deliberate choices to include and that's not the only thing they also have her moaning a crap ton which bothers me um they have like especially <laughs> in her death scenes yes um it, like it's she's in a constant state of being hurt which bothers me um and it was done it was like an it was a choice that they made because they wanted the person playing to feel like they needed to protect her rather than they wanted the person playing to feel like they needed to overcome something um and it was a deliberate choice that they made because they felt that that would resonate with more audiences um and for me in my own like for my own quest of being Lara Croft and like how I've loved her my entire life, that for me was like the exact opposite feeling that I wanted to get out of. I would, it. I would pay money to be in the focus group where they decided yes. like this is where we want to go. I want to pay money because I want to know who was in that focus group. Yeah, like I want to know what questions they asked and how many women were in that focus group. Not saying there weren't any, but I just want to know. Yeah. Now I come from it from a slightly different stance because I do like the idea that this Lara can be hurt. I do like that she gets stabbed through the abdomen. I I like that she's constantly being injured because I feel like it's just for me it's overpowering to see somebody overcome something like that because it's not obviously similar at all to my health journey. I haven't been stabbed through the abdomen, but it it in my own health journey it's very much constantly overcoming chronic pain to do something incredible um but at the same time there's no need for any sexual violence or any alluding to yeah. potential sex like and that's the, uh, never yeah. a necessary thing and the other piece too is like what 
Lar what Tomb Raider also did is Tomb Raider actually revealed the very large demographic of women who play video games because for a while, the only thing that sustained Tomb Raider as a franchise was the female demographic. Um, so to miss that mark, in my opinion, or not think about that, it's kind of like, it just bugs me. Um, and I just have a hard time with it because I'm like, I... And I can understand why some choices were made, like the scene in the manor and stuff like that. But like it, I I just really don't like Lara like that. Yeah, which I understand is like a personal bias. But now I, the, the rapiness aside of this is why I was kind of asking about this RPG aspect that you guys are saying, because you're saying I want to go within the story and immersion part. And you're like, this is what I want to do with mm -hmm. Laura. Well, this RPG thing now allows you to then yeah. play as you want to become then more immersed yeah. in right. these types of Yeah, which is what you get in... Uh, well, so I, I know that, but I'm saying, like, I <clears throat> obviously I'm not going to speak on the, like, the Raven part, but on these some of these stories with these types of things yeah. of, like, feeling it to that. Yeah. So then, like, where do we balance then between having these RPG aspects so you can feel and play as if, like, you are Laura versus not having going too far down the other way. Yeah. And I think like Lizzie kind of talked about it because like Lizzie really enjoys those pieces of the story. I do. Um, and for me, I don't because that's not what I came to the game for, which is why I do like a Rise of the Tomb Raider where you do get more of that personalization in the gameplay. Um, that's not there as much in the first Tomb Raider game. I think my biggest thing to kind of, I'm trying to not completely reiterate my point, but I'm totally fine with survival games. I'm totally fine with the idea of everything hinges on my ability to get things together, you know, and, and Laura's crafting. What I'm not fine with is the moment I'm taken out of that because I hear an enemy type talk about a character the way I know a man has talked about me. Because yeah. every every woman has had that moment where it's like you either hear it or you notice it yeah. or in a bar, wherever it is, where it's like, yeah, yeah they're definitely thinking something. And mm. I don't – I no matter how realistic a game or a movie is, at the end of the day, it's escapism. You're escaping. Yeah. And I, I think, wanna... like, to, like, to that point, the reason it's a problem to me in Tomb Raider with the Solari Brotherhood is it isn't just, like, one-offs. No. Like, it isn't just like, okay, this happens because, yeah, it's going to happen that setting because there are a whole bunch of people, like, just dudes cooped up. Okay, like, I can understand a couple of times, but it is constant throughout the entire thing. So I think the balance that you're asking about, like, where do you balance immersion and where do you balance, like, other pieces is, like, it, it, it having something be ham-fisted where it's constantly trying to make you, like, the difference between Tomb Raider and Rise is Rise wants you to play as that in immersion and Tomb Raider, to me, with what they did, is they want you to protect that version. So you're not necessarily playing for to be her. You're playing to bring her through this and protect her, which is a different type of immersion, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I agree with that. Yeah. Whereas Rise, it's all about playing the way you want to play, um, which is why even though... Um, the critique on Rise was its safe story. You end up going into the critical acclaim, and this is where you come into like its 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 use of mechanics becomes the biggest piece. I also um, liked Rise better yes. than Tomb Raider. Yeah, I did too. Um, uh, we already talked about two similar combat systems. We don't have to. Um, the other we've already talked about how similar how like people said it's similar to Assassin's Creed in the exploration modes and the survival modes and those types of things. Um, the tomb system was lacking. 
since all of them are optional, but then they brought it back in Rise to make you go through at least some of them with still optional pieces. And I actually don't think we need to talk about, but I did want to ask like what you guys feel like. Oh, go ahead, Lizzie. Well, I was about to say, if you want to hear more about that or read with your eyes about that, Kate and I have multiple pieces on butwhythough.com, butwhythoughpodcast.com, and uh, you can just search those. Yeah, you we have a plethora of content. Yeah, we like each we each talk about from our different perspectives. Mm-hmm. We have um, more than enough Tomb Raider content. Oh, there's going to be more. Oh, don't act like when this game doesn't come out that Kate and I aren't each going to have a different piece doing <laughs> God knows what. We know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I do want to kind of hear from, like, both you and Adrian, like, where you fall. Like, do you prefer more, uh, like from the different Laras in like being a badass or being a victim and a survivor or being a survivor in a different way, just like from like, which one of these things are you all kind of more gravitated towards in your own gameplay styles? Adrian, you go first, you played the game. Um, so for me, um, as it probably comes as no surprise, like I can do both. Like I'm, I'm fine with either um, because I just look at them as, as Kate mentioned, I just look at them as different characters. Like this is not, even if you look at like, the movies, like Angelina Jolie is not Alicia Vikander. Like they're just separate Tomb Raiders in my mind, no matter like how much like we're supposed to be growing this reboot into like the Tomb Raider, they're just different. Um, cause I, cause I can take people just being outright badass. Um, like in pitch black, you don't need to know Rick's backstory. <laughs> He's just badass, and you know, we can, fuck shit up like that's all right that's okay with me um but i also love character development i love character development it's like one of my favorite things about playing video games so i really really enjoy the the reboot games probably a little bit more i think just because there's more role building in it and then like the story is just kind of like more it's there more than locking people in freezers which isn't like it's not that's not fun i just prefer a little bit more role building so i think i prefer the reboot but I'm totally okay with her just being badass and rape is bad. I didn't know Thanks, we for that. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that for us. We talked we talked about this like in the episode that we covered. Like I just didn't notice it there nearly as much as Kate did. And that's because I just don't have that perspective. I was about to right? say probably because you don't walk down the street and some guy's and, like not like, hey pretty man. I yeah, ne- literally never. I've had that happen though. <laughs> Yeah, literally never. Um, but I can like if it's that ham-fisted, then it probably shouldn't be there. Like, uh, but I'm also I understand Matt's point of like, well, these dudes are terrible people who deserve to die. So yeah, they're probably gonna say like some rapey stuff. But they don't. They don't. It doesn't need to be there every single time. Yeah. They probably should have some dialogue about like, hey, maybe we shouldn't let her get off, like Lizzie was saying. So I see all all the perspectives. Just to reiterate, nobody here thinks rape is good. I just want to clarify. Yeah, that. yeah just you know, <laughs> I said it again on record. Was Okay, Matt, go. Um, so this is kind of weird because you're talking about like I guess the difference between being the survival or badass, but then again, I think of like the related games. And as much as like the Assassin's Creed games are fun, like learning to get your abilities, it's more fun when you have all of your abilities and you just go around murdering the entire city. And same with the Batman games where you can you just and I play these games very differently. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean, you know, just have fun, just walk down the street and just stab people in the throat and just keep walking and see what happens. I, I, I don't. I'm going to have to be honest. <laughs> that, maybe that's why nobody's yelling at me from the side of, hey, you looking at them? Because I've already stabbed them. <laughs> so that's, I should do that in life? Is that what you're <laughs> I just wanted to check. I mean, 
if it yep. makes you feel better. <laughs> but uh, oh no, so I mean, as far as from the perspective of that, like I enjoy fully upgraded characters. But then again, I don't. I guess I don't like the middle tier part either. I want my characters fully upgraded to where I'm just going to kill everybody, or I like it where I get nothing. Like I play a ton of survival type games where we have nothing. So I don't really know exactly. As far as like if we go from the old school or new school, I mean, I only played the I watched the movies, and the first movie was good. The second one was awful. The reboot I thought was decent, and I'm excited if they have a sequel. But there was definitely a lot of potential loss. I thought they could have done it better with it. They could have marketed it better. Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm getting. I don't know. Yeah. But so yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good perspective to have from you, you two, just like overall from like your investment in it. But the, but another interesting aspect between comparing all the other games is all the other games rely heavily on stealth, which I enjoy playing more than yeah. these. Which, so they do have, as we move further down into Shadow, they are making, um, it's like living. You it's mean like Shadow one... of the Batman? <laughs> More that? like Shadow of Assassin's Creed. There are worse Creed, people there are to drop be. down kills. <laughs> but... She looks like sh- Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Predator. She and she could take The Predator. <laughs> she could do it. Not a damn T Rex. I believe in any version. That's of why Drake. whenever people are like, "Oh, Nathan Drake versus Lara Croft," I'm like, oh. she would kick Nathan Drake's ass, and he would enjoy it. Yes. Brendan Fraser beat a T Rex. Brendan Fraser also beat a mummy. You know who else did? Lara. I don't know if she did. True. Technically, well, she did. I feel like you could call that queen a mummy. Yeah, thing. pretty much. No, yeah. it's, it's not a mummy. It's some. She looked like she thing. needed a, a moisturizing face mask. <laughs> Okay, uh, so getting back into the boat why this. Um, the game itself is highly influenced by um, actual realist painters to kind of bring depth to the game. And every location that they've shot, that they've um, constructed in the game, they've gone to its equivalent or that actual place to bring that realism into the game. On top of that, um, for Lara's new look, um, it... Like, there are a few things here, specifically, like, they made her more realistic, which is good. And so it has, like, you have this not-so-complicated response from some dude saying her boobs are too small. But then you also have this complicated response, this this actually complicated response from women who say, okay, well, now that we have this one, we're going to throw out what the old Lara was. Because she wasn't made for us. And this Lara is. And so I have a complicated relationship. Not a complicated relationship. Because I love her new look. It's perfect. Um, I think she's amazing. Um, but just like a lot of the dialogue around it. with uh, Like among women. Like ourselves talking about it. There's a lot of quickness. To just throw out the old Lara. Without recognizing what she did at the time. Even with how she looked. Um, <laughs> and you're talking about like how she looks. Like like her build wise right? Not yes that she's her like- build. Not the polygons. Or no, I'm, I'm just talking about like, like, no, I'm talking about like her build that kind of that way too. And not the fact that she's like actually wears like a jacket and actual gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's all of it. Like it, it's, it. yeah, it, it's all of it. But then it's also just mainly the fact that like this looks like a real woman and it isn't made for dudes to look at. Whereas people even like a lot of, at least from the people that I've seen on Twitter, a lot of women really, it feels like they also reduce Laura down to her breast size 
by only by only seeing her as like this super sexy character and not actually looking at like what those games did for revolutionizing multiple avenues in gaming for both women and gameplay themselves and so like i have this relationship with her new look where it's like i love it but then i also just hate the discourse around it because a lot of it is like you have these dudes yelling in the background that nobody really cares about because they're just being dicks and saying, I want big boobs. Oh, well, no, I mean, Hooter I did say this. that they're losing, that people don't like boobs anymore. So it's, maybe they're trying yeah. to bring the boobs. Yeah. Millennials kill boobs. Hooters doesn't realize that food. people don't have problem with the human breast. It's the chicken breast they serve. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to bring the boob back. It didn't go anywhere. It's like when Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. Justin, it's been here. It's been here. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like how I feel through New Look. Um, I, I personally love it. I think Shadow the Tomb Raider, holy crap, they spent a lot of time modeling her biceps. She looks like she can crush some people with I'm them. so it's excited. So especially in the gameplay. Um, but on top of that, the mocap that they used for Rise of the, to uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider for Camilla Luddington... They wanted to make sure that her first game on the eighth generation of console, yes, Lara's been on eight different consoles, um, it was perfect. So they ended up spraying MOVA fluorescent paint on Luddington's face, and they were able to obtain 7,000 different points of reference to the point that they actually had to animate down from the realistic expressions that Luddington was giving for the mocap um, because it looked too real. Um, so they had to bring that pe those pieces down. Um, on top of that, they spent a lot of time looking at the physical details in the cutscene, um, making sure that when Laura's muscles tense in the game, that they actually showed that as she climbed. Um, that is making, the worst thing like, what? that games took so long to get. Like going, uh, 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 instead of like, oh, I gotta climb. Well, yeah, not, not climb. just so much how fast you climb, but just the fact that like all of a sudden muscles don't actually move. Yeah. Or they tense wrong. Yes, and they spent a lot of time making sure that they did that. Um, they also spent time on studying how skin blotched in cold so that they could make her skin blotch that way. Um, That's so, the so wear creepy, and tear, but I love it. Yeah, like the wear and tear on Laura is specifically because of that, and they had pose-based deformers in order to sculpt Laura's exact shape as she moved. So every piece of Laura's movement has been crafted to reflect an actual human body, um, which is just amazing while you say all that the best part that they add is they added the pants which are the most comfy pants if anybody's ever gone hiking of any sort oh yeah her hiking pants are great i'm so excited i i i love her whenever in shadow they like broke down each of her clothing i got so excited because i appreciate a good sports bra <laughs> oh yeah that's right they broke down the sports they bra broke it down and, and they the were like this is a moisture it was like an adidas ad yeah, they're like it's moisture really wicking and these leggings, and I'm like, yes, please give it all to me. I love active wear. I would wear those Bye. pants over any pair of jeans. <laughs> and then, like, uh, so beyond that, when we break it down by the numbers, um, the first, uh, so looking at ratings, uh, Tomb Raider 2013 is a 9.1 on IGN, while performing with the Definitive Edition on PS4 at an 85% and Xbox One as 81%. And the PC score is very similar to the console before it, so um, the 360 and stuff is sitting in 86. Um, it really doesn't dip below that. And then Rise of the Tomb Raider has a 9.3 on IGN with an 86 on PS4, 88 on Xbox One, and an 86 on PC. Are you going to take a Metacritic from any of these? These are all Metacritic. Okay. Yeah, all of these are Metacritic scores. 
um, IGN is just up there because it's IGN. Um, and Do then really like IGN at this point. No, they don't. Um, and then Shadow of the Tomb Raider, unfortunately, currently is from those who have played and reviewed it, is sitting at a seventy-eight according Ooh. to Metacritic. Um, so it's a fairly substantial drop off, but that may change once players get their hands on the entirety of the game. Have, um, is it still under embargo for reviews or is it lifted? No, it's As lifted because recording. we have actual gameplay going on. Okay. Yes. I was yeah. watching somebody earlier play this. Yeah. Um, and so the revenue, um, Tomb Raider 2013 sold 1 million copies in 48 hours since it's um, of its release. It is the, it, it ended up selling. Uh, more than 11 million copies that month that it was out, and it is the best-selling Tomb Raider game to date. Um, and that's the reason why they released the definitive edition again on Xbox One and PS4. Um, the fourth best-selling game was Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is they released Rise of the Tomb Raider the same day that Fallout 4 was released. Yep. Yeah. It was a so, poor decision. I remember that. Very badly. No wonder I didn't remember when it released. Yeah. Um, so essentially, um, the X one, the Xbox One version, at, like the console versions, did worse compared to the PC versions. It had a really solid launch on PC. Um, ultimately, the company was happy with the money, with the money and copies it sold overall, but it did not make any top, uh, big top lists for sales because of the games it was competing with, which was uh, Black Ops Three, Fallout Four, and FIFA. But it was mainly Fallout Four that really kind of. And who made yeah, Fallout 4? Bethesda. Oh, but Fallout 4 has the same audience as what would play Tomb Raider. The other two yeah. don't. Exactly. People who play FIFA only play FIFA. That is a lie. Matt plays a lot of FIFA. When's the last time you played FIFA, Matt? Um, okay. about two months ago. FIFA regularly to the point where EA can make a billion dollars off of it. Well... I met Kate, who doesn't like FIFA, and then I ran out of people to play with. This is the only reason I don't play FIFA anymore. Before Kate, I used to play FIFA almost every day. It's for the best. Um, yeah, uh, so then we go into the Alicia Vikander movie, which we've talked about throughout. Um, again, just like there was comments about Lara's body in the 3D model, there were comments about Alicia Vikander versus Angelina Jolie. And I just want to say Alicia Vikander can fight all of y'all because she is ripped. She, she is. She got so freaking She is. Oh, was it my turn to take the hot take train where I take Vikander over Gal Gadot? That's, I mean, that's fine. That's but no, we love her as Wonder Woman, even though she's an Amazon that's like 5'2 and like barely 100 pounds. Listen, wet. some of us want to be Amazons, even though we're 5 feet tall and 120 pounds, okay? <laughs> no, no, I don't no, see no. the problem with that. Lizzie and I have also had this discussion in our DMs, too. I know. So, like, I all love of these Wonder Woman, are... and Kate's and... just like, meh. Yeah. Like, that's also like 5'10". She's not 5'2". So I don't know where you're getting 5'2 from. Yeah, I'm she's... sorry. She's so small, I can't, can't tell she's... how tall she is. thinking of me. <laughs> Because I'm so tiny. I'm also Wonder Woman. That was another movie I left and I was like, I can fight people with my bare fist. And people were like, you really can't. Uh, <laughs> but the cool thing was Vikander was so set on doing all of her stunts. She went through extensive training to make sure that she could perform all of the boxing and have it be fit to form like she, she actually learned the fighting that she did in the movie um she didn't want people to stand in for her and those uh when you see her back muscles flexing as she's pulling herself up on things that is actually the candor's muscle um she she tried not to get a stunt double 
um, for the majority of the stuff that she did. Um, I love her. I, I loved it. It was so well done. And she's a perfect young Laura. She is. Angie is perfect classic Laura, but Vikander is perfect young Laura. I, I did like the little uh, kind of Easter egg they had with like her two braids and the two guns. Yeah, this made me so happy. I thought it was so was, dumb. It undercut so everything the movie did. That was listen, so cheesy. So dumb. I, hated I don't it. don't play for don't play for sequels. If just let it be what it is. Don't go for the sequel it. already. I'm gonna take it, Michael Sabritic, right now. <laughs> <laughs> the sequels were really spaced out, and they didn't think that they were gonna do them. And Vin Diesel funded all of those movies basically on his own. So unless Alicia Vikander is gonna fund the next movie, she can't be just pulling guns out of nowhere. I don't like it. I can because it's fan service. And as somebody who enjoyed all it the fan so service. It was terrible, though. It was just... Six hours later. But my opinion <laughs> is I thought it was dumb, and my opinion is valid. I'm not discrediting your opinion. I'm just saying my opinion. But I also agree that they should have just let it just be supernatural. I hate that they just went like, oh, well, yeah, here's the explanation really for it. Like, the best part of, like, the first Tomb Raider game was, like, this, her learning about... Mm. Tomb Raider games in general was, like, her learning, like, oh... What is this myth stuff? And then they That's kind of real. they just yep. kind of threw it out for like no reason. I don't understand why they threw it out. That was the biggest disappointment. I could deal with the bike sign, yeah, the bike scene, and then her dad Iwin scene of like, oh, I'm alive now. I'm alive. Christ. I'm still alive, and I'm alive now. I'm dead, That's but I'm so alive, dumb. but I'm dead. But so I love this movie. I actually enjoyed this movie, but I enjoyed like, it. But I bought Jesus. it the day it came out on Blu-ray, and I had a moment with the lady at Target because she was like, oh, I loved this movie, and I was like, me too. Laura means everything and she was like oh god get this lady out of my life <laughs> so it was one of those like I really hope they make a sequel to this but what they Me did too. but the parts that I didn't like were just parts that I was like oh really bad and if you want to yeah. hear more about that you can go to our Tomb Raider spoiler review Yeah, I thought it was a great movie to start a franchise to do a sequel it's like a great setup movie doesn't mean the setup movies are any good but they set up something except for the I'll have what she's having Kind that was like, bad. That was bad. Like the so bad. like the Batman Beyond kind of setup movie. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I agree. A, yeah. How many times can I compare Lara Croft to Batman <laughs> in one episode? Jesus. I mean, you've never been more on brand than you have now. It's like when I found that uh, I took a picture in front of the sign in the Spider-Man game that said gluten-free. And I was like, guys, it's my brand. <laughs> gluten-free Spider-Man. It's me. <laughs> okay. So we can move on in the very last piece. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, this game is set two months after the events of Rise of the Tomb Raider, and it follows Lara Croft as she ventures through Mesoamerica and South America to the legendary city of Paititi, battling the paramilitary organization Trinity and racing to stop the Mayan apocalypse. Um, so this game, this game has been in development since 2015, um, following the completion of Rise, and so it's been in it's been in development for a long time. Um, and it was designed to conclude Lara's journey, begun in the 2013 reboot. So this this series is really a trilogy, and the key theme to this is going to be the jungle environment, which is where you are after playing the combat in the game you are going to get more of the assassin's creedy and i think especially with the um a lot of the successes that i've had um they're really uh it's called like one with the jungle or something like that where you're using that to blend in a lot more and become a piece of your environment and it seems very mandatory so it's I like don't... me when i put on my charcoal mask <laughs> Um, so like that's one of the key things, but I think they did that because ultimately you have 
Um, I played 45 minutes of it at PAX West. Um, I wanted to play it again. Um, they eventually realized that the game demo was too long and they cut it. Um, so people could only play like, was it, was it 10 or 15, 15, minutes. 15 minutes of it? I was um, going to say 45 minutes. That's a long time to play a game was. demo at a convention. It, it really was. And it, it was amazing because my entire press hour was just that game or my press 45 minutes um, because they let us in late um, was just playing the game and it made me extremely happy. They introduce you to the underwater mechanics because they've um, they've already dropped that in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you're going to get more underwater mm. exploration. Which underwater is, is always terrible. It's no, always a bad it's idea. it's great. It's not in Tomb Raider. And it's perfect. And it brought back every single piece of my Tomb Raider 2 feelings because that's my favorite Tomb Raider game. Um, underwater. Was in, it, like just it, in life? <laughs> I don't do underwater stuff. Oh, no. He's very scared of underwater things. I don't do underwater games. I played fucking Echo. That thing was over. <laughs> and then there is a lot more overt platforming that happens, specifically in the level that I played. Um, and then the fight mechanics are just kind of meh. They're nothing new. They're like all the other fight mechanics. But I think, personally, that the underwater physics... Um, the underwater play, because they don't give you as much help as the original Tomb Raider games do, is going to build for a lot of um, anxious level like levels, which I'm super excited for, which sounds really weird. Um, I mean, like, to up my prescription, a Xanax prior to this launch. <laughs> Damn. Um, but it really feels like a game that has, it, it's embraced both sides. Like it is like the combat system is very much what we have in Rise and, and Tomb Raider 2013, but the platforming and the puzzle elements are straight out of the original pieces and the underwater is where it really, really gets me. Um, so this is a game that I'm extremely excited for. Um, it's set in, um, the pieces that I saw were set in Mexico. Um, the Calavera stuff was done really tastefully, so I was worried about that for a little bit, but I'm excited um, that I'd go back and play it again. But it, it's it's really well done from what I saw from the piece in Mexico. Um, obviously, we have to see how it does um, on launch day um, with how it, it deals with those environments. But, but you saw it in your 45. I'm surprised that they showed any of it. Yeah, so the the gameplay itself, and I have an entire review of the demo up on butwhythepodcast.com. Essentially, it's just you leading out from a Mexican bar wearing a okay. calavera to blend into the crowd as you're being led through it. Okay. Um, and then going into the temple setting to scale the Mayan pyramid. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I don't, so story-wise, I don't, how, how, I don't know how it plays, but it was done tastefully in the piece that I okay. saw. We I'm better excited. not be shooting a bunch of jaguars in this game. You do. Why? Yeah. It's such a bad decision. Like Jaguars ecosystems are being destroyed by poaching. We shouldn't have to kill them. We're we're in their we're there we're in their home. I'm gonna let them kill. I'm gonna let them kill them. You're kill. gonna go real far in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I can I'm tell. not gonna kill I'm not gonna kill any Jaguars ever. You represented by PETA? <laughs> no, they're just like near threatened like animals. They don't need to kill a bunch of those ones. Come on. Well I mean, I mean she's going into mythical areas, Adrian. They're mythical jaguars. They're not we real. Okay, mythical jaguars. All right, so they're not real. Got uh, it. Yeah. We kill a lot of parrots and birds. Yeah. I can kill lots of parrots. I can do that. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I have. I'm very excited for Shadow. Are you excited for Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Lizzie? Yes. I have. I'm, I am pre-ordered the Steelbook. Nice. So, yes. It will be released by the time you hear this episode. Yes, it, it will. It comes out the 14th. This episode September. will be out. So. Ooh, 17th. If you don't have it, Thank then you. you're probably, you should get on that. 
and Thank avoid you. my Twitter because I'm going to be taking so many photos because uh, I have a photo mode. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to selfie with some llamas. <laughs> wow. I will be streaming. Um, I will be streaming it. I'm playing my first PC version of the game. I'm a little worried about it. You know you can just take um, the controller. I know. Right? That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Um, but still, I realize, after I bought it, I realized that we have a 4K Xbox and a 4K TV, and I didn't buy it for that. And I was very sad with my decision. Um, but I will be streaming it because um, it's on the computer and it'll be easier to stream. So you can come in and watch me be Lara. I'll probably be Laura. hanging out in that Twitch chat if you also want to talk to me and listen to more of my bad jokes, but in text <laughs> form. <laughs> Adrian, are you excited for it? Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I'm excited to see you play it to see how you like it before I um, I think I buy it. Because I'm going to play it. I just want to know if I should buy it on the PC or on like the Xbox. Because I have the big screen, so that'd be fun. But I also like playing on my computer now. So I don't know. But I'm really excited for it. I, lo- I love the, the two games, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where they take it. Even if I'm going to be you know, contributing to the near-threatened population of Jaguars. <laughs> Matt, you don't have you have no intention of playing this game. Do you want me to answer this question? You have no intention of playing this game. I have no intention to play this game. Assassin's Creed, the new one comes out, and Fallout comes out, which are way better. So <laughs> That's true. I do I probably need to beat this before Fallout comes out, like for sure. Just don't sleep. That's what I do. <laughs> I do that when I don't sleep. I end up staying up watching crummy TV and then I'm mad all day and He's then I'll powering sleep. through DC TV right now. But no, I do hope you guys enjoy the game. I don't I said I'm not going to invest any money into it. Plus you will have it if I never care to play it, but I still need to go back and actually beat the old Batman game that I started that I somebody bought for me that I still have not beaten. Uh but yeah. Uh so Lizzie, why don't you give us your final thought and where everybody can find you? Um, I am excited for Shadow. I obviously really love Lara Croft. I'm sitting next to a Lara Croft Barbie doll that someone got me for my birthday. And if you want to find me and tell me about how much you love Lara Croft, or if you want to tell me that her boobs are too small so I can block you, I'm at Lizzie Lynn Garcia on Twitter. (laughs) And where they can find your work. Oh, it's on ButWhyThoughThePodcast.com. But why though podcast.com. It's yeah. on that site. We need, we need to a, learn our URL. I should know, I should know the, the website I edit for. <laughs> it's fine. Also, if you want to read Kate's stuff, it's on there. I edited it. <laughs> she did. I'm kind of um, worried where it ended up at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, did you all have any more final thoughts, or can we just wrap it up? Wrap this damn thing up. Okay. You can find the But podcast. I really think... Let's get out of here. You can find the podcast at But Why Though PC. Um, know that we are going to be in Dallas, specifically Irving, uh, the Irving Convention Center for OP Live on the 22nd and the 23rd. Come watch us stream. Come talk to us at our meet and greet and watch Adrian uh, go into a Fortnite scrimmage and hopefully win. Because the honor of this podcast is Please rain man this. <laughs> yeah, right. The honor of Ugh. this podcast. Oh, boy. It yeah. all rides on you. Yeah. We're not very honorable, but whatever little bit we have is on Adrian's shoulders in that dope. flight scrim. <laughs> no pressure. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> and, then, and then you can find me at OhMyMythRandier on Twitter. And you can follow us at twitch.tv slash butwhytheopc for uh, me streaming this game. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93. 
S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Matt? Find me in the fridge. Oh, God. Did you fridge yourself? <laughs> okay, we're done. We have to be done.